Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln, formerly a political podcast, but now a screenwriting podcast about the art of cinema. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a common man in Chicago. And I am your other co-host, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States. I thought that was I thought that was a good intro. We're getting there. We're getting there. It was a little front loaded. Yes. Yeah. You know, we don't. Something that people will learn when they start screenwriting themselves yeah. is this: not so much writing as it is rewriting, and you have to edit and edit and edit. Right. And one thing I would encourage us to edit would be our intro. Sure. For instance, I think it's superfluous to say that we're formally a political podcast. We are a screenwriting podcast. Sure. You may have someone means to give some sort of historical perspective on right. today's political climate. You kind back of shepherd me through the Trump administration. Yeah. However, that is not what our listeners need. Right. Our listeners need our insights as up and coming writers, and they need to learn how to express their points of view and how to find their voice. So that's why they tune in. I think that makes sense. I'm going to take that note, Abe. I'm going to thank you for that note, and I'm going to implement that note. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so, folks, today we are talking about, well, Abe, how would you describe it? I was going to say beginnings, but mo- more specifically... Character development. Character development. We're, ta- um, we're going to do a few episodes here and there when we're not having guests on where we are really digging into the craft of screenwriting. And today we're talking about character development but more specifically a technique that abe and i both subscribe to 100 percent, and that is saving the cat yeah abe what do you love about saving the cat oh it's saving the cat well also save the cat i'm talking about as a technique saving the cat but it's based on a book called save the cat oh right i just i just for some reason i got it my head as skinning the cat no i don't i don't think um an audience member would want to see that in a, in a movie, and then it would create um, positive feelings toward a protagonist. Excellent. Yeah, that makes more sense. Right. I just know that, you know, people say there's more than one way to skin a cat. And so with this... Yeah, they do. I thought it... Yeah. It's like, no, this is the way to skin a cat. Nope, it's save. It's, um... It's save. Because cats don't have a lot of, like, meat... So when you do need to eat a cat, you really have to skin the cat. That's where that comes from. Right. When we like a, yeah, when we so talk about a long winter, if it's been a long hard hard few months. I think when we are meeting with people, let's just call it save the cat because most people you're going to meet nowadays have probably never eaten a cat. Well, I haven't had to eat a cat. Ever? No. Okay, great. Then that's... I don't know why we would talk about that then. Well, because I... I, Yeah, so I understand. So the screenwriting technique is called saving the cat because there's only one way to save the... Well, there's not only one way to... There's more than one way to save the cat. And you have your... Basically, the gist of this Wikipedia article is that you show your protagonist at the beginning of the film doing something heroic like saving a cat so that the audience knows, oh, this is a protagonist. This is someone I could root for. Right. And uh, this was all based on a book by Blake Snyder. Um, you can take, uh, you can pick it up. It's called Save the Cat, the last book on screenwriting you'll ever need. And some people have criticized the book, saying that it has um, inordinately affected modern movie making um, too much. But Abe and I listened to it on the way on our road trip out here to L.A. And you know what? 
we're big fans. We don't think that. I think that, you know, one thing you'll see when you become a screenwriter is it's really a very technical medium. Right. Your job is to give, well, you don't, you don't have to direct. That's the director's job. But you are providing instructions for the camera work, for the audio work, for the actors, and for the set design. You're giving these, it's basically like writing a, a manual for folks. It's less of an art and more of a science. It's a technical guide. And so yeah. some standardization is actually a good thing because it helps everybody in the industry get on the same page quickly. Right. Now, once you know the rules, you can break them. And once you have these little guardrails, you can find your creativity within them. However, I think that uh, it's not a bad thing that saving the cat has become the go-to method of character development in cinema this day and age. Because you can also invert it, too. You could show that at the beginning of a film, you could do, you know, you could show that your protagonist, if you want to establish he or she or they are a anti-hero, you could have them not save the cat. And then people pick, oh, and then they have to kind of work you over throughout the film to get on your side. So, like, they could be skinning a cat. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose you're right. Yeah, if they were a villain or an anti-hero, they could be skinning it. Or just snowed in and didn't feel like trudging through the snow to get to town. I thought about that. If you were in a survival situation and you skinned and cooked a cat and then fed it to a kid who was starving, I don't like this idea. But like I, you know, what we're trying to—I well, don't—I don't like that idea either. You don't cook the cats, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, let's get away from that. Um, what I think, what I think we both agree on is there's. You know, save the cat is not just one thing. Like, you could give uh, candy to a, a kid or something like that. Or, you know, defend someone. Like, I, Abe, do you mind if I, you know, you and I are working on these, but do you mind if I talk about a scene I just wrote for one of our projects? Uh, absolutely not. Go go ahead and share. Okay, cool. So I'm writing a, a, one of the sort of early films in our uh, cinematic uh, universe, where the Sentinel, my character, kind of like me, um, you know, we're introducing him and, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get the audience on his side. And so the Sentinel sees a young boy um, in, in steampunk clothing because it, it's steampunk. He, and he goes up and, uh, you know, he sees he's being bullied and Sentinel gets in the bully's uh, way and takes the punch himself, you know? And it shows that, like, you know, Sentinel uh, puts the well-being of others before before himself, and then it keep. It's a little longer than a typical save the cat scene because he says like, "Don't bully him," and the bully's like, "Okay, you're right." And then we kind of cut to the future, and the Sentinel is like following the kid to school um, and just making sure that he doesn't bully the other kid again, and like waiting outside his house at night and like looking in his window and making sure like, "Don't you." There's like a scene. You you gave me notes on this where it was like he gets up in the window and he's like, knock, knock. And he's like, don't you bully that kid. And the kid's like, yeah, no, I won't. And it goes on like that for a while. Um, and that's just a great way for the audience to like learn to love this character of the Sentinel. Absolutely, Timothy. I'm really impressed. I my creative juices are just flowing hearing you describe something you're so passionate about yeah. and putting yourself into your work mm-hmm. is something I think all artists out there should really strive to do. And if you find a proxy for your own 
adventure, your own point of view, like Tim has found with the Sentinel, then by all means continue to flesh it out, even if you feel like um, you already established the, what you needed to establish, like with with telling the bully to stop. Mm-hmm. Why should the Sentinel have to stop? I love it. I right. think it's great. And we finally get to see the 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 Sentinel kind of by name stands around, stands right. guard. Yeah. And he's just standing outside the bully's house now. Yeah. Late at night, late, late at night, you know, he kind of ducks away when the parents get home, but then he's there again up on the roof, just like looking at this kid. What's interesting is that the bully, he immediately acknowledges. He was okay, wrong. You're yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in some ways we see that the bully is not very convicted about his bullying or he's just prone to change. He's very suggestible. We're learning a lot about that character as well. And I think that's Timothy. I just want to really, I want to give you a writer's point. Oh yeah. That, uh, which is something Timothy and I do, um, you know, just to encourage each other. And Timothy, I want to give you a writer's point for writing a very three dimensional character there with the bully. Oh, I appreciate with, that. Yeah. I think a lot of people in movies I've seen, you tell the bully to stop, and the bully's like, "Who? What's it to you?" Or, yeah, right. Yeah. And then the the sentinel's got to kind of beat him up in front of all of his friends. Yeah. To prove his point, but with you, the bully's like, "Okay, yes, you're right." Right, and the bully gets pretty worried. You know, he's he sees the error of his ways, and he's he's very scared of the sentinel. You know, over and over and over again. So. He sees. He's always scared every time he sees the sentinel. So the Sentinel, in some ways, is bullying the bully. And I think it's good because the Sentinel, it's really, I think it's going to be very, it's really going to permeate to the audience because the Sentinel is about, you know, 35, maybe 40 years old, and the bully is uh, 13. And so I think it's going to be very, you know, the, the intimidation is really going to be there. And people are going to say, he saved the cat, you know? Sometimes the best way to develop a character is to provide that character with an obstacle. And here we have provided this bully with a huge obstacle. He's got someone three times his age right. stalking him at all times outside of his like, home. I don't like stalking. He's, you know, he's the Sentinel's protecting at all times. But I, I take your meaning. Well, who's he protecting if he's just standing outside the house? He's protecting the kid who was bullied earlier. From, well, I think yeah. that we're... Well, now I think we've developed the origin story for the bully because the bully's now got to overcome this obstacle. No, of the no, Sentinel. it's not. No, it's the Sentinels movie. The, like bully, we forget about. Well, we haven't forgot about because we spent so much time outside his house to prove what a great guy that the Sentinel is. Yeah. Well, the bully has already acknowledged that. Oh, you're right, Sentinel. So we see the Sentinel has some powers of persuasion. Yeah. In addition, I presume intimidation because you always described the Sentinel as in detail like you keep drawing him right yeah because i'm probably up to like three or four drawings a day that i send to you right yeah and i understand and you gave me a note and i said i thank you for this note where you're like abe you're just not very visual person that's your problem and i said what do you mean and you said well because you always get on me for these nudie books but that's because i'm very visual you're not very visual and that's going to hold you back from being a good writer if you can't visualize things. So I said, well, note taken. Thank you, Timothy, for the note. I appreciate that. And I'll learn to be more visual. So now you're sending me all these drawings. Yeah. And the Sentinel, um, I, I wouldn't say he's scantily clad, but I mean, how would you describe him? I would say that he is provocative. I would say that uh, for our environment and the setting that we're going he is provocative and that's part of the sentinels thing because it's like shock and awe when he gets into combat or social situations because like and i didn't go into this 
in greater detail when I talked about saving the cat, how he's saving the cat. Um, the Sentinel does start a romantic relationship with the bully's mother for a short amount of time. And they start just kind of seeing each other. And then, you know, like the Sentinel will... Oh, but you, you told me about this because the bully's parents are still married. He just kind of right. interjects. Yes, that's right. He, uh, the Sentinel is... He, listen, I talked to you about this in the previous episode where I talked about him. Ladies love the Sentinel, you know? So um, he creates a lot of problems there with the bully's marriage just to make sure that he doesn't bully that kid. Yeah, he's almost wrecking the bully's home because the fa- bully's father, I think, you know, at one point he's just like, hey, I didn't sign up for an yeah. open relationship. I don't think I can do this. And the wife's like, hey, you just need to sit this out. I'm going to let this thing with the Sentinel run its course. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll come home to you. Maybe I won't. But yeah. And she's always, you know, doing this with an earshot of the bully so he knows, like, yeah. oh, I, this is my fault. I brought this on my father. To get back to what you were saying earlier, though, uh, I would say if I had to describe the Sentinel's garb, it's like, have you ever worn um, – well, it's like leggings, but they cut off um, – it's like leggings from, like, the heel up to up to the top of the thigh – so those are there, long black leggings, and then like, like like armor, like armor up top with spikes, you know, with the the spikes, and then he's got a helmet that like comes on and off like Iron Man, and that's that's all that's all there is. Um, we've t- we've talked about different um, iterations where like you think that the socks should just be pants, and because I some of the drawings that I send you do have his his flaccid penis. Well, not out, but they're just really, it's really tight because of the, the tights, right? They go up. Yes. Yeah. Some of the, some of the ones have tights, like those nude or jeggings or that kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, so some of these, they are, that you are intending for him to be naked. Yes. So he shows his penis, because but not none his face. Of, because, and we've talked about this before, none of the Sentinels wear protection there or, you know, clothing. Oh, right. In their he society. Is, he's part of a race of Sentinels who stand guard. <laughs> So, Under yeah. the earth? Yeah, so he... And folks, I'm sorry. You might you may have needed to listen to a previous episode to get all this. No, yeah. this episode is about character development. Right. We're showing them how you develop characters. So when he shows up, he kind of has to explain... Like, people are like, oh, why are you wearing that? But, like, he he proves that his way is actually right to dress this way in, in uh, their society. His mask makes him look kind of faceless, Timothy. It looks like he's kind of like a mannequin doll or like, like a, a and one. Yeah, kind of like a slender man. <laughs> kind of like a slender yeah. man, yeah so this is obviously very intimidating folks look in his face they see themselves looking back correct yeah so you know that's that's where i'm at with uh saving the cat from a boy the sentinel um it's you know writing is like pulling the thread of a large quilt because once you think you're done you just have more and more to keep going we here we are just trying to write a simple save the cat scene and we've already learned so much about the sentinel right and that's how it works yeah um, I also think we should develop this the bully's father's perspective, how he just has to go along with this cuckolding relationship. Did he do something in the past that he feels guilty for? Does right. he know that his wife is out of his league? Is he just that intimidated by the Sentinel? Is he eventually, like, are we going to see him? I actually think we could do this. You know that scene that I wrote that you said was a little too dark for, um, you know, you said it was just, like, a little too dark for the... the um, the school boy I remember, character. Yeah. 
I was thinking maybe we use that scene I wrote for the schoolboy character who's similar to you. He gets a bad grade at school. Not, not similar to you, but, you know, he's dealing with stuff at school. Yeah. He gets a bad grade. I think what we should do, we'll use the whole scene I had for that schoolboy for this father. The father is now the kid, but he's at home, and he's just on the computer, and he's just um, Googling and Googling, and then we see him in the next shot. He's at a, he's at a um, gun store. And then we see him, he's at a gun range. He's Googling and Googling. And we see him, he's looking up pictures of the Sentinel. And he's like learning things about him. And then he sees, one night he's waiting out of the window. Yeah. And then we see him, he's like kind of drinking. And Sentinel's back, yeah. Sentinel's dropping off the mother from a, a date. And they said they'd be home by And she's laughing. 11. She's having a great time. And they're home like 2.30 and they're kissing and kissing yeah. and being kissy kissy. And she's like, okay, well, I guess I got to get back to my family. And, she, she comes and just up. as a reminder, she's kissing my Slenderman face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's, she walks in. She's walking up the sidewalk. And we see our father. He steps out into the doorway. Right. And we see him re- behind his back. He's got the gun. Not going to end well for him, let me tell you this. <laughs> He's looking at the Sentinel. And the Sentinel, you know, is like kind of confused. Yeah. And then I think the father he he realizes no I'm not going to do this because of course not it flashes before his eyes what could happen yeah to to his family yeah I think all all we need there is one tiny little cap to that scene where Sentinel walks up to the kid's bedroom and says don't bully and then leaves you know <laughs> oh, oh yeah and it's yeah, two thirty yeah. and he wakes him up and he kind of shakes him <laughs> yeah Just you better quick, not bully don't be a bully and then he leaves yeah if you, yeah if you bully. That's a great, Timothy. Okay. I think that's terrific. Cool. So that's an example of how you save the yeah, cat. Yeah, that's the, you. You come away looking at uh, the Sentinel, going, "That's our hero," and I like him, and I wonder what kind of adventures he's gonna get into. That section of the movie is maybe we might have to cut it down a little bit. It's it's currently probably at around an hour, and we want we have a whole film to get to, you know, about his heroics. But um, yeah, I think we we could maybe film it all, but then cut it to like different chapters yeah. from the different perspectives like this the bully and then the father of the bully and sure and, and even the mom who is just like we could see like she deserves this you yeah. know she deserves this fun time for sure yeah so we talked about saving the cat as a way to show the audience is the protagonist we talked about putting obstacles in the way of the protagonist i think at the core of everything that you need to keep in mind from you know just a couple of guys who've been doing this for a while so <laughs> Uh, think about what it is. This is the last thing I think I have for today is just um, what it is your character wants. Mm. You know, like mm. that's that's important for you to know. And you can kind of break that off to the audience in different ways. You know, uh, um, like right now, like the sensible, I think the audience is like, okay, all right. I think I get this. I think I, I get what he wants. I want to protect you know? that other kid at school. Yeah, that's clear. That's clearly yeah. what he wants. Yeah. Now, what are Let's the go. tactics he uses to achieve that goal? He's got a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. That other kid, I wonder if that other kid at school, now he's just able to do whatever he wants because he knows he has the sense bonded to him. I think of him as almost, you know, he, he is his best self after this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even a little bit more like the bully, but not a bully, but like he'll, no. you know, he'll roam the halls and like kind of put his fist up to somebody and then jerk it away and stuff like that. I think a few weeks earlier we see this kid who was bullied. He's at the convenience store and he doesn't have quite enough change to get the pop he wants. Yeah. 
and the guy's like, sorry, you can't buy, you don't have change. And the kid's like, come on, give me a break. And the guy's like, sorry, I can't give you a break. If I did, I'd have to give everyone a break. Mm-hmm. And now he just goes back into that convenience store, and he's just, like, kicking over aisles. He's pouring milk on the floor, and, you know, Conve- he's just yeah. taking what he wants. Convenience store owner's <laughs> like, you can't do this. And he says, my best friend is a sentinel. Yeah. And that's just a little he, sign scene for him. He takes the register. He yeah. puts his fist, little fist in there, grabs a whole wad of cash. Right. And the guy's like, I'm calling the cops, but he sees the Sentinel through the window. The Sentinel's... <laughs> yeah, the Sentinel's right there just to make sure he doesn't get bullied by the convenience store owner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I like this. I really, really like this. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe he becomes his ward or his sidekick or something like that. And they... Who knows? But that's way down the road. Yeah, but it never hurts to think ahead. Right. Well... I think that's it for saving the cat this week. I think we covered um, it. I think we covered the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, listeners, if you have any questions about screenwriting in general, but of course character development, this is something we're going to touch on again. By no means are we finished developing no, 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 all no. the characters. We haven't even talked about the rest of the group of heroes in our cinematic universe. Right. But uh, should you have any questions, feel free to email us at 15 minutes with Lincoln. That's numerical one five minutes with Lincoln at gmail.com. We are your screenwriting Sherpas, and we're I was going to say gurus, but I'll go with Sherpas, yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Thank you for the note. We'll say gurus. We're the gurus. We're here to guide you on your spiritual journey of yeah. writing your screenplay. So uh, we're excited to have you with us, and uh, that, I think that covers everything. Tim, anything you needed to add this week? I don't think so. Um, you and me got a, you know, we have a hour-long uh, writing sesh. We got to just, we're aiming for like, what is it, a thousand words or something like that? Yeah, 1,000 words in one hour. We got to do hour. it. Got to hammer it out. Um, folks, we will see you next time, I think, with some some great guests. Don't hold us to that, though. Uh, on 15 Minutes with Lincoln. Bye, everybody. <laughs>